Howdy, this is Dave Hill, and this is issue 48 of Dave Does the Comics. This is my monthly comic book review podcast, recorded on February 2nd, 2013. I've been reading comics since the late 60s, actively buying them since the mid-70s. I'm not a professional, I don't obsessively haunt the comic book boards online, but I do have a ton of long boxes in my basement, and I'm not afraid to use them. Welcome to February! Not quite sure where January scampered off to, but it sure left behind a ton of comics, so let's have at the reviews. Starting with Marvel! The Marvel Now initiative has settled in, and... Honestly, I think the only impact that DC's New 52 had on it was the idea that Marvel needed to do a big publicity push. There's nothing terribly different about the Marvel Universe and the Marvel Now framework, or nothing that wouldn't have been done beforehand. Uh, Just good writers being given a chance to use good artists on key titles. Um, Overall, I've been quite pleased by what's been coming out So let's start with Hawkeye, number seven for Marvel. Matt Fraction writing, Steve Lieber and Jesse Hamm on the art. This is a special and specially written Superstorm Sandy issue, um, all about what happens with uh, Hawkeye and with Hawkeye um, during and in the aftermath of Superstorm Sandy. Uh, Fraction's donating at least a part of his income from the issue to the Red Cross, for the recovery effort, so a good cause, a good comic, four stars. I liked it a lot. New Avengers, number two from Marvel. Jonathan Hickman writing, Steve Epting on the pencils, in secret they rule. Hickman continues his epic cryptic takeover of the Marvel Universe, this time bringing back the Illuminati, the key heroes of the Marvel Universe who not only have controlled events in the past, but who have in their individual keeping the various Infinity Gems which makes you wonder why Professor X didn't pull out the Mind Gem during the AVX conflict, doesn't it? Anyway, it's the Black Panther calling them together after he he discovers that parallel Earths are beginning to crash into each other, and that our own is liable to be going through that all too soon. It's weird, it's grim, it's full of remarkable character bits, and I'm loving it. This is a series to follow now and get the collections of later. Four stars. I liked it a lot. Savage Wolverine, number one, from Marvel, Frank Cho, writer and artist. Now, Frank Cho loves to draw dinosaurs and beautiful women, and does a great job with both. So having Wolverine plop down mysteriously into the Savage Land to deal with both dinosaurs and Shannon the She-Devil, as well as a S.H.I.E.L.D. mission gone horribly wrong in a mysterious island, is bound to be a lot of fun, and it is. Four stars. I liked it a lot. Uncanny Avengers, number three, from Marvel. Rick Remender writing, John Cassidy on the art. The Red Skull has the late Professor Xavier's powers, and he's using those mental powers to turn New York City against itself, hunting down mutants or potential mutants, or people carrying the mutant X gene. And the Avengers are having a hell of a time trying to minimize the damage and stop him. Solid and disturbing entertainment here. Another great title in the... Marvel Now and and redo of the Avengers title, certainly. Four stars. I liked it a lot. I'm liking a lot of the Marvel titles out this week, just in case you hadn't noticed. Let's see. Winter Soldier number 14 from Marvel. Ed Brubaker writing Butch Guise on the art. Black Widow Hunt. Conclusion. 
Uh, Brubaker draws his storyline and his tenure with the Winter Soldier to a close in a way that only a gritty superhero noir writer like he could pull off. Uh, it works painfully and brilliantly, aided and abetted by the raggedly realistic art style. Good stuff here. Um, I'm sorry to see this series and uh, Brubaker's time on it draw to a close, but I know he's got some other good things in the works. Four stars. I liked it a lot. Young Avengers number one from Marvel. Karen Gillan writing. Jamie McKelvey with Mike Norton on the art. Style over substance. Gillen's doing a solid job here, taking over a group that was formed and defined by Alan Heinberg and Jim Cheung, uh, using those characters with some variations, but with his own stamp as a way of examining what it means to be 18 years old and how that's reflected in these various young heroes. Um, the first issue's fresh and wonderful, both in writing and art. I'm very much looking forward to the next ones. Uh, this is one I'd certainly recommend anyone hop on to. Uh, four stars. I liked it a lot. Moving on to a trade paperback collection, Fury, My War Gone By, Volume 1 from Marvel. Garth Ennis writing, Goran Parlov on the art. In the gray world between the Helen Commandos and being the head agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, Nick Fury is a war hero and CIA spook. Given the crap assignments his impolitic nature result in, here is the agency liaison to the colonial French government fighting the insurgency of the Viet Minh in Indochina, 1954, then as a trainer and assassin during the botched Bay of Pigs invasion, 1961. It's all framed as a tired embittered man dictating his memoirs. Ennis manages to make the fury of these tales both world-weary but still capable of shock war-worry but still yearning for action, and a much more human character than either his classic Silver Age poses could ever be. Goran Parlov's art provides just the right blend of bloody realism and heroic detail, so yes, it is a Garth Ennis story, which means it will be drenched in blood and violence and sex, but it's also drenched in morality violated and tragic humanity, as were the events it tells about. Well done. Uh, four stars. I liked it a lot. Moving on to DC. Saucer Country, number 11 from DC Vertigo. Paul Cornell writing, Mirko Kolak on the art, Fairyland. So if close encounters with UFOs and the psychology behind them are real, then why not fairies? Cornell takes us down the figurative rabbit hole again here, teasing us as to what's real and what's simply a product of the psyche, and not ruining things by providing easy pat answers, just stories and information. Uh, this series has grown on me a lot, which is unfortunate because it's being cancelled in a few issues, but this particular issue, four stars. I liked it a lot. Before Watchmen, Minutemen, number six of six from DC, Darwin Cook writing and art, The Last Minute. This concludes the story of Night Owls, the first Night Owls, biography, his solution of the mystery behind Hooded Justice, and the revelations that led to his re-edit of his tell-all best-selling book. Things do get a wee complex at time in this story, but Cook handles uh, all the bits and bobs well, fitting this story both in tone and visual style neatly into the Watchmen universe and fleshing it out a bit. This is one of the Beyond Watchmen titles that will be worth picking up in collection. Um, four stars. I liked it a lot. Before Watchmen, Night Owl, number four of four from DC. Uh, J. Michael Straczynski writing, Andy Kubert on the pencils. 
For a story that went so much into the glory days of the second Night Owl and his friendship with Rorschach, this title in the end doesn't do what the Beyond Beyond Watchmen, before Watchmen tales should be doing, which is illuminating the Watchmen backstory in a way that both fits and is a worthwhile exercise in and of itself. This particular one didn't, though, feeling far too conventional of a story. It fits in nicely, but it doesn't feel necessary, uh, even as it expands on a couple of trivial background items from the main uh, original Alan Moore book. Three stars. I still liked it, um, just not a lot. I don't think I'm going to be picking up this collection. And descending down the ladder on the Before Watchmen scale, Before Watchmen, Dollar Bill, number one of one, from DC, Len Wein writing, Steve Rude on the art. This particular Before Watchmen story was even less necessary, essentially giving us the life and death of Dollar Bill, whose life and death is mentioned in passing in the original Watchmen. Not only does this story not give us anything we didn't already understand, but it feels slapdash, and it violates one of the first rules of a first-person narrative. It's not a bad read, mind you, but it's clumsy and ultimately unnecessary. Don't bother picking this up. It's not going to add anything to your overall Watchmen universe understanding. Two stars. It was very much okay. Justice League number 16 from DC, Jeff Johns writing, Ivan Rice on the pencils, Throne of Atlantis, Chapter 3, Friends and Enemies. This continues the Atlantis versus the world story that Johns is running in Justice League and in Aquaman. There's not much new here to tell, though. Atlantean melodrama, invasions, heroes fighting heroes, ho-hum. I mean, it's pretty, it's moderately entertaining, but there's no new in this New 52 centerpiece uh, story arc especially if you're shilling out $4 an issue. Three stars. I liked it. Uh, Legion Lost, number 16, from DC. Tom DeFalco writing, Andres Guinaldo on pencils, Last Stand. This is the final issue of the title, as it wraps up some subplots, but leaves too many others dangling. I'm a big Legion of Superheroes fan, but... This title just never grabbed me, and it's probably just as well that it's going away. Uh, It was too complex in trying to pull in elements from the new current DC universe and establish some of the broader sort of timey-wimey things going on in the rest of the DC universe. Um, Too entangled in all of that uh, for its own good. Never found a, a voice of its own or a reason to really engage with the characters. Uh, Three stars. It was... Okay. Uh, I shouldn't say that. Three stars means I liked it, which I did. Uh, it could have been two stars. I could maybe make it two and a half stars. Batgirl, uh, number 16 from DC. Uh, Gail Simone writing, Ed Benes and uh, Daniel Sampere on the art. Death in the Family, Collision, Part 3, Ceremony, which is something of a mouthful. On the one hand, um, having Batgirl finally confront the Joker makes for some automatic fine psychodrama. Uh, Simone does quite well with that, but I'm really not at all happy with the grotesque direction the Joker has taken in the past year, this whole Death in the Family series, and dragging Batgirl into a Bat-title-wide event is irksome. Um, So uh, I gave this two stars, really, this one. It was okay, Nothing explicitly bad, has some nice moments, but overall just not what I'm looking for when I'm picking up Batgirl. Earth 2, number 8 from DC, James Robinson writing a Yildre Sinar on the pencils, Lazy Sunday. 
This story is so god-awfully conventional, even as it introduces a new villain or two. Indeed, that's the problem, as there's nobody here to root for nor to be interested in, as Steppenwolf, left behind after the Apocalypse Wars on Earth 2, carves a new place out for himself, uh, joined by Fury, the, the hitherto unrevealed daughter of Wonder Woman, in a third-world rogue state. Ho-hum. Again, this, this whole series has been just desultory world-building of JSA-inspired characters by a writer who I know can do much better a job than he's doing. So why am I spending $3 for this? Um, this title is on the knife edge as far as my continuing it. Uh, so two stars, it was merely okay. Uh, and a graphic novel this week, month. Uh, Superman, Earth One, Volume Two from DC. J. Michael Straczynski writing, Shane Davis on the art. Uh, even as DC rewrites the Superman mythos for their New 52 reboot, uh, Straczynski continues his Earth-1 variation off the original. Um, while still intriguing, innovative, and, and excellent in working with uh, Clark's aloneness as he steps onto the world stage, um, this volume feels less of a sequel to the first volume um, than as a bridge to a third act. Uh, the main villain, the Parasite, a fairly grotesque version of the same, isn't all that much of a threat when it comes down to it, the introduction of supporting cast, uh, old and new, is done well, but not with anything particularly memorable, with the possible exception of the new Luthor. Um, where the focus is on Clark, though, the book does shine. Uh, while the New 52 has visited elements of Superman as Alien and the early days of Metropolis, here we see Clark really trying to figure out how to fit in as both an alien and as someone who can inadvertently tear the world apart. It feels natural, it's more interesting than yet another slugfest, and I'm looking forward to this graphic novel series being continued. Four stars. I liked it a lot. From some other publishers, Amara, number one. From Image, uh, Brian Wood writing, Ming Doyle on the art. In a future world where uh, nations have turned sports into a superstar surrogate for war, Mara Prince is an international celebrity volleyball player with a secret. There's a lot of potential in this story, but the first issue is almost too much of an info dump. The big reveal comes out of left field, the art is awkward, and things just don't quite gel as they should. Uh, I'm going to definitely read more, but... Not too many more before I drop the title. Uh, three stars. I liked it. I just want more. Hellboy in Hell, number two from Dark Horse. Mike Mignola writing and art. Hellboy's still dead, and he's in hell. But that may be part of a master plan as Hellboy learns more about his origins and what he's now doing there. It's good stuff, to be sure, but it felt a little too sketchy, too content-light, and even Mignola's work on his signature character, uh, art-wise, seems sketchy, if not slapdash in places. Um, I'm a little disappointed. Three stars. I liked it. It's still Hellboy. It's still Mignola. Um, just not what I expect to see and read. And we have a trade paperback. Thief of Thieves, Volume 1, I Quit. From Image, Robert Crickman's story, Nick Spencer writing, Sean Martin Brown the art. This thief keeper story is not a simple tale. The plots, counterplots, lies, capers, and wheels within wheels mean you have to keep your eyes open the entire book, which makes reading as a collection like this a lot easier than the individual issues that made it up. 
I'd give this one three and a half stars if I could, uh, because there's a lot here to recommend to others, both in the initial setup and the final twist endings. But in between, things get a little too muddy, not helped by Sean Martin Brow's art, which makes it tough sometimes to keep track of who's who, which is a critical problem in a thief caper like this. The Kirkman-plotted, Nick Spencer-written story is good, definitely worthy of being adapted to the big screen, although it will be competing against a variety of similarly thiefly tales for elbow room, from the Italian job to oceans, whatever they're up to now. Those who like that sort of thing will certainly find this is the sort of thing they like. Uh, for myself, well, I should probably just wait for the collections to come out to have any chance of following the story along. Uh, three stars, I liked it. Kudos, though, by the way, to Image for doing this in seven-issue uh, arcs and therefore collecting seven whole issues. Too many companies these days are putting out like five or even four issue collections into trade paperback but not charging any less. Invincible number 100, also from Image, also with Robert Kirkman writing and Ryan Otley on the pencils. The Death of Everyone, number three of three. This issue's been touted for a year or two and now that it's come out this week, meh. Uh, it's a climax to a story, but not one that stands out from the rest of uh, the concluding issues of other Invincible storylines. It's nothing earth-shattering, character-killing to write home about, to be perfectly honest. Um, in some ways, it feels actually a little bit like a cheat, and is certainly anticlimactic from all the build-up. Even the apparently now obligatory gore-fest at the beginning of the issue feels tired. Uh, this is not Kirkman's best work, nor the most interesting thing to come out of this title. Three stars. I liked it, just didn't like it a lot. Okay, quickie reviews of some other books I read this past month. Gonna make it quick, as I'm already at 15 minutes. Two star books. Um, these are okay. Nothing to write home about. I can't necessarily recommend you run out and pick them up. Catwoman number 16 from DC. DC Universe Presents Black Lightning and Blue Double. Uh, J JSA Liberty Files, The Whistling Skull, number 2 of 6, from DC. Justice League Dark, number 16, from DC. Suicide Squad, number 16, DC. Supergirl, number 16, from DC. And The Ultimates, number 20, from Marvel. Three stars. Uh, I liked it. I want to keep reading it. Uh, from Marvel, we've got Astonishing X-Men, number 58. Captain Marvel, number 9. FF, number 3. Red She-Hulk, number 61. From DC, we've got Birds of Prey, number 16. From Valiant, Archer and Armstrong, number 6. From Image, Glory, number 32. Guardians of the Globe, number 5. From Kenzer, Knights of the Dinner Table, number 194. And from Dynamite, The Shadow, number 9. Four stars. I liked these a lot. Uh, I recommend them. Uh, that you, you could go out and pick up an issue, uh, or at least these issues, and, and enjoy them too. Uh, from Marvel... Avenging Spider-Man, number 15, Chris Yoss, writing, Paco Medina, pencils. Daredevil, number 22, Mark Wade writing, Chris Samney on the art. Fantastic Four, number 3, Matt Fraction, writing, Mark Bagley on the pencils. Indestructible Hulk, number 3, Mark Wade writing, Laney Liu on the art. Secret Service, number 5, Marvel Icon, Mark Millar, writing, Dave Gibbons on the art. And X-Factor number 250, Peter David writing, Leonard Kirk on the pencils. This is a new storyline, uh, and I'll be talking a little bit more about Peter David in a bit. Uh, we also have Fables number 125 from DC Vertigo, Bill Willingham writing, and Mark Buckingham on the pencils. Another new storyline starting uh, in that issue. And Saga number 9 from Image, Brian K. Vaughan writing, and Fiona Staples on the art.
Finally, some named reviews. We'll start with the best collection I read this month. Scarlet, Volume 1 from Image. Brian Bendis writing, Alex Maliev on the art. Uh, as anybody who listens to this podcast knows, I am generally a big fan of Brian Bendis's writing, but this book is something special. Um, it's a call to arms for the little guy against the establishment. It's a screed against police and government corruption, as well as social complacency. And it's both terribly prosaic and non-superheroic, even while being the stuff of myth, all blended with a variety of flashbacks and flash-forwards and fourth-wall-breaking and generally innovative tale-telling styles. Uh, Maliev, who's Bendis' longtime collaborator on a variety of things, has rarely been as good as this as well. It's not quite photorealistic art, but it has a grounded intimacy that feels real. Um, really fine stuff, and I really want more of it, please. Recommend it to pretty much anyone except the kids, uh, but teens would probably get it quite a bit. Uh, five stars. Uh, I consider this an amazing uh, work. The best all-ages collection I read this month, PS 238, Volume 6, Senseless Acts of Tourism. Uh, Do Gooder Press, Aaron Williams, Writing and Art. It's been a while since I read uh, PS 238, and I suddenly realized that there are a number of volumes of collect collections of this title that I hadn't picked, uh, picked up yet. So expect to hear more reviews of this long-ago title in the future. This 2008 volume continues to tell the story of the secret school for super-powered kids and highlights William's ability to mix smart storytelling fun characters, humor, drama, and comic book tropes with both style and grace. Uh, ironically, much of the action in this volume takes place well away from the school, as some of the students head to Las Vegas to chase after their teacher, who they think is quitting. Simultaneously, the one non-powered student at the school is often another dimension, being given the decision as to whether humanity is ready for superpowers or not. Really good stuff, uh, and fun and moving uh, to read, and really it's something you could give a kid of pretty much any age, and they'd get a kick out of it, um, as would pretty much any adult. Four stars. I liked it a lot. The best cover of the month, and this could have been, in fact at one point was my best title of the month too, uh, All New X-Men, number five from Marvel, Brian Bendis writing, Stuart Eminen on the pencils, uh, Beast's plan to bring the young X-Men from their original yellow and blue uniform days to the present to try to shock them into keeping Cyclops from ever acting like such a goofball again um, is actually turning out a lot better than I'd expected. Um, Bendis is keeping the characters on their toes, especially the ones with uh, present-day counterparts. This issue, though, focuses on Jean Grey and her reaction to learning everything that happened to her in her future uh, over the last 50 real-time years of comic book continuity. It's not a pretty picture, although it's portrayed in a really pretty picture uh, in, a, in a center spread. Eminem uh, is on the top of his game here, um, aided and abetted by some solid inkers and colorists. This is uh, turning into an A-class series, and this particular issue demonstrates why. I'm going to give it five stars. I thought it was amazing, uh, and it has a, a great cover uh, by Eminem with uh, Wade Von Graubadger on the inks and Marty Gracia on the colors. Um, good stuff. The best book of the month, though, I'm going to give to Punisher Warzone, number three of five from Marvel. 
Greg Rucco writing, Carmine, Carmine de Jean Domenico on the art. So, the problem with a plot idea like the Avengers decide to hunt down the Punisher is that ultimately you've got someone like Frank Castle, a guy with guns, going up against someone like Thor who can shatter planets. Either you authorially fiat your way out of it by having a lucky shot or a lucky turn down an alley or an exceptionally well-played getaway plan resolve the imbalance, or you do something like what Rucka does here, giving both protagonists, Punisher and Thor, a chance to show their stuff and abilities and then resolving it in a wholly unexpected manner. It's well-written, it's well-drawn, um, it's a great comic. Uh, you wouldn't think these two characters would at all fit together, Rucka demonstrates how he's a great writer who can rise to that challenge. Five stars, I thought it was amazing. So, a very quick summary of the best of the best um, for this past month. Four-star comics, Avenging Spider-Man number 15, Before Watchmen, Minutemen number 6 of 6, Daredevil number 22, Fables number 125, Fantastic Four number 3, Fury, My War Has Gone By, Volume 1, Trade Paperback, Hawkeye number 7, Indestructible Hulk number 3, New Avengers number 2, PS238 Volume 6, Saga number 9, Savage Wolverine number 1, Saucer Country number 11, Secret Service number 5, Superman Earth 1 Volume 2, Graphic Novel, Uncanny Avengers number 3, Winter Soldier number 14, X-Factor number 250, Young Avengers number 1. And then three five-star comics this month. All New X-Men, number 5, Punisher Warzone, number 305, and Scarlet, volume 1. Uh, last month, I mentioned that Peter David, one of my favorite comic book SF and fantasy authors, had suffered a major stroke on December 29th. He is back on his feet in therapy and is actually on his way home to New York City early uh, to be with his family. He will be, it appears, continuing to write X-Factor, um, the damage appears to have been mostly physical, not cognitive, and he's making use of uh, voice dictation software. If you are interested in helping him and his family out financially, there's more info at peterdavid.net on books you can buy that will give particularly good royalties back to him, um, or how you can make direct contributions and donations. And that, as they say, is that. The next episode of this podcast should be on March 2nd. Mark your calendars. Thank you for listening to this Dave Does the Comics podcast on my homepage, which you can find through the wonders of Google. You can see all the lovely covers for all these lovely comic books and leave comments on the podcast. I can be reached there or tweeted at 3 underscore star underscore Dave. You can also find my trade paperback and graphic novel reviews at goodreads.com. Look for the Dave Hill who's in Englewood, Colorado. I welcome your feedback, especially your suggestions for books I should try. I hope you've enjoyed this, ah, 26 minutes out of your life. Thanks once again, and as Stanley is so fond of saying, Excelsior. <laughs>